Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Father of the Effortless English System, I train you, I teach you, I help you. You speak English powerfully, confidently. You speak English fluently. You speak English effortlessly when you join, when you commit. When you commit, don't quit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Let's put it over here on the screen right there. If you're watching on video, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. You can see it on the screen. Go there. Join my VIP program. Commit. Don't quit. Today, our book club, chapters six and seven, Your Money or Your Life. Your Money or Your Life. I'm going to show you the money today. (laughs) Your money or your life. Uh, Two chapters we're doing today. The first chapter is about cutting your expenses. And the second chapter is about increasing your income. It's about work. So, cutting expenses and work. Getting more money for your work. Pretty basic. Pretty basic. Very simple, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a simple formula, but it's... We all know it's how we save money and how we become free. Some of you have asked, you know, when will the general opening relaunch for my Business English course come, you know, for all of you, not just VIP members, but for everybody else, probably in about one week, a little more than one week. Beginning of December. Beginning of December, I will open the Business English Conversations course for all of you. And if you if you get my emails, you'll get a discount code. So you will get a discount on my business course if you subscribe to my free email course. So again, you also do that at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. At the bottom of the page, there's an email form. Enter your email, and then you will get that discount code. So You want that business English course? You want the discount code in about one week? Join my email course. It's free. We're live on YouTube. Just check our audience numbers. We're good. We're looking good. Hello, everybody. Quick hi. I'm going to ignore your comments right now because we're going to just jump into the book and then I'll be back for comments and questions at at the end of the show. So let's go right in, starting with chapter six. It says, the American dream on a shoestring. There's a nice phrase right there. On a shoestring means cheaply. It means on a cheap budget. On a shoestring. On a shoestring. We say, or sometimes people say, a shoestring budget. Shoestring budget. A shoestring budget or on a shoestring just means with a very, very little money. A very small budget. Okay, and then if you're watching, you can see I've highlighted some stuff in blue here. It says, the pleasures of frugality. What is frugality? Frugality means uh, basically spending only a little money, being very careful about spending money, right? That's the, the noun is frugality. The adjective is frugal, frugal. F-R-U-G-A-L, frugal. A frugal person is careful with their money. They're very, very careful about spending money. Frugal. Right. It's going to move a few things on my screen for a second. Okay, there we go. So, the most of this chapter is about being frugal and why you need to be frugal, right? That, you know, it's quite obvious, the formula, right, that you need to spend less money and make more money, so you have a bigger gap, so you have a lot of extra money every month, right? What will you do with that extra money? You'll save it, and then you'll invest it. That's how you become financially free. I mean, everybody knows this. It's not not like it's complicated. It's simple. But 
still very few people actually do it. And so that's why this book talks about some of the psychological issues and the emotional issues that cause people to become slaves to money. So frugality. A lot of people have very negative and almost a, a fearful fearful emotions about this. I've seen it in our comments already the last few weeks doing this book where, you know, talking already about being careful with money and so many people, oh my God, but money makes me happy. Spending money makes me happy. And uh, and people kind of freaking out just thinking about being frugal. Like people already feeling some kind of emotional fear and pain just the idea of cutting their expenses and spending less. It's kind of weird, but but it's true. This is just a lot of people have this kind of fear. So they say that instead of having fear, you should look at being frugal as a virtue. The virtue of enjoying good value. The virtue of getting good value for every dollar you spend. The virtue, the good quality of getting good value for all of your life energy, right? Because remember, money equals life energy. So if you're going to buy something, you want to get the best possible value, right? You don't want to spend too many of your hours of life working to get that thing. And then they talk about, you know, also part of being frugal is learning to enjoy the simple beauties, the simple pleasures of life. We've talked about this before, that you don't need to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars to enjoy something. You could enjoy a flower in a park for free, right? You can enjoy the sky. You can enjoy going for a walk. They're limitless things. You can enjoy great little pleasures. You can enjoy also things that are very cheap. You can enjoy like a nice little cup of coffee that you make at home yourself that costs very little money, but is still high quality. And you can drink it slowly and be contemplative. You can enjoy that. It's a very simple pleasure of life. It does not require spending a lot of money. And so this is also part of being frugal, according to the authors, the writers of this book. Part of being frugal is learning to enjoy the simpler and cheaper things in life. That you're kind of breaking this idea. We have this idea from media, advertising especially, that spending more money will make us happier or get us better or better value or more enjoyment, but that's not always true. They mention a word, a Spanish word, aprovechar, which means to use something wisely, to enjoy it wisely, something like that. The other thing they they mention is that you can be frugal, that you don't need to possess something to enjoy it. This is kind of what I was saying just now, that there are many things in life you can enjoy, you can enjoy, and you don't need to buy them, right? So again, you can enjoy a park and the trees and the plants and the, the, the nice weather and the sky. You don't need to buy those things. You don't need to own them, but you can still enjoy them tremendously. Right? You can borrow things. You can, you can enjoy a book. You can go to the library and get a book and read it and enjoy it and learn from it. You don't need to buy it. So it's not always necessary to buy to enjoy. And they remind you that, you know, time is money. Money is time. That every dollar you spend, you had to make that dollar, right? You had to make that money. How do you make money? Through work. You have to use your time. You have to spend your valuable time working to make money. So if you're just wasting lots of money, spending money in, a, in foolish ways, what you're really doing is you're wasting your time. You're wasting the valuable time of your life just pointlessly. 
Okay, then they talk about a few ways to save money or cut expenses. Number one, and this is so important, stop trying to impress other people. Stop trying to impress other people. Uh, I've seen it in the comments again as we with this book club. People uh, is kind of, kind of worried about what other people think, and so one one reason that people spend money is that they're trying to be like everybody else, right? So they're afraid to have older looking clothes, or they're afraid to live in a smaller apartment. Than everybody else, than their than their friends, than their family members. They're afraid to, you know, whatever to, to work a job that makes less money or whatever it is. So st- stop trying to impress other people. Stop caring about what other people think about you, and just cut your expenses and live for your, you know, live for yourself and your family. And then they just have other things, you know, don't go shopping. Live within your means. Of course, this means you know, spend less than you make. These are all very obvious. You know, when you do buy something, buy something that's good quality so it, it will not break, you know, or when it will not be destroyed. It will not break in just a few, you know, a few days. You can keep it a long time. Uh, you can buy things, you can buy used things. I like can get on eBay and buy things that are used instead of buying new. Because, you know, there's there's... We can all use our imagination. There are many, many, many ways to save money, right? If you buy a car, don't buy a new car, buy a used car. Um, well, you can even buy used clothing. You can buy, you can save. There's lots of ways to, to be creative in, in saving money. And this is basically the point of this chapter is be creative. Stop. Don't just automatically spend lots of money. Be creative in ways to save money. And then they talk about, you know, they give, they're just giving examples, basically like travel. Okay, like say you love travel. And again, you're trying to save money. You don't have a lot of money. You're trying to cut your expenses. So instead of traveling to another country far away, do more local travel. You could, you could go camping or hiking just in your own, you know, state. Or you're, you're certainly in, within your own country, but even with your own, within, you know, your own area, kind of near where you live. You can find interesting places to travel and visit and things to do so you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. So they say, like they mentioned, that, you know, one of the key attitudes for saving more money is substitution. So there's something you want to do. Maybe it's expensive. So you have to substitute. You have to find a a cheaper version, <laughs> right? A cheaper version of what you want. You want, an, you want a suit, Say you need a suit for work or or something. Well, a nice new suit would be expensive. So you have to go and you have to go be a little more picky. Take your time and you find a nice old suit, used suit. Things like this. Just being creative and using your imagination and patience to save more money. Don't borrow money. That's obvious. Take on oh, out, and then they mention this too: taking care of your body. That, uh, especially in some places, like and certainly the, in the United States, you know that uh, medical expenses can be high. So you know, eat well and exercise. Eat healthy food and exercise, and keep your body in good shape. This will save you a lot of money in the long run. And then uh, they talk about housing. And this is really one of the big ones, housing, your accommodation, where you live. It's usually the biggest expense. For most people, that's usually number one, the, the, the largest amount. And so this, the good news is that means that's, that's an expense. There's a lot of opportunity to save money by living in a cheaper place, by moving to a cheaper, smaller place. You can quite quickly save a lot of money every month. And then they have a few other ideas. Like if you ha- if you own your own house, then you could rent out part of your house, 
right? Like you can buy a duplex where you, you live in one half of your house and then you rent the other half to someone else for income to make money. Or even you just, uh, maybe you have an extra room in your house and you can rent that to somebody, like rent it to a student or something and uh, make some extra money that way. Or just go move to a cheaper place. Anyway, you can kind of, you know, I recommend read the whole chapter yourself. I'm not going to discuss every single idea because it's just mostly this chapter is a list of lots of ideas for saving money. I'm just giving you the general idea as we go through now. Of course, food. Okay, now here's another one which I've seen in the comments. People always use the excuse, but I have children. And again, that's not an excuse. You do not have to spend huge amounts of money on your children. And so again, they they mention exactly the same thing that you do not need, you know, stop buying your children tons of stuff. Buy them used clothes or get used clothes from other family members. Yeah, you don't need to buy them a lot of toys. They can just let them play out, outside, outdoors, in nature. It's free. Um, even something like college, university, uh, which in America can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. There are online programs now. There are tests your kids can take that that are very cheap. There, there are many ways to, even if they go to college where it can be quite cheap and they may not even need to go. And they also mention that you should start teaching your children quite early about money. Teach them to be responsible with money. You know, give them maybe a little budget. Maybe they do a little work. Maybe you give them a small amount of money each month and they have to buy their own clothes or they have to buy their own, some of their own things, not just toys. Uh, and they have to learn how to budget. And like Robert Kiyosaki recommended, you can even teach them to think more like entrepreneurs, which I think is even better. But don't spoil your kids is the point. <laughs> okay. Don't use your children as an excuse to spend tons of money. Okay. All right. Let's move on and out to chapter seven of the book. So that was about just basically save money. You got to find just, you just got to become creative and do everything you can to spend less money, spend less money, spend less money in every single area of your life. Okay, this is how you become financially free. Now, after you're financially free, if you have tons of extra money, then you can be, you don't have to be so tight. You can relax a little bit. But before then, you, you really need to be very self-disciplined. Of course, the other part of the formula is your income. And that you want to increase. You want to increase your income. Because obviously, if you cut, 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 cut your expenses very low and then you increase your income also, now you have a lot of extra money every month for saving and investing. This means you will become financially free sooner, faster. You'll also have much less financial stress. Just overall, your financial situation will be much better. All right, now the first thing they talk about is work and just this word, work. And how a lot of people have very negative uh, feelings about this word. I used to. I used to hate this, uh, this word, work. Because, like they said, that nowadays, now, since the Industrial Revolution, right? So, back in the early 1900s, since then, we have in our mind that work equals paycheck. Work is a paycheck, right? It's something we go to a job, we get a paycheck. That is our work. And so, for many of us, we don't like, or we didn't like, I didn't, uh, what we do for work, but we're doing it for money. But work actually has a much more general meaning. And so, they talk about this, this idea that work equals paycheck. And they, t they mentioned that you know, when with the Industrial Revolution, people started to work a lot, lot more. That what we do now, this this idea of an eight-hour workday, where you're working eight hours a day, you're working 40 hours a week. Again, in human history, this is unusual. This is not normal. We work, we work too much, really. We work so much that 
you know, according to different researchers that they're talking about in this chapter, that for most of human history, people, poor people, rich people, both, only worked for two or three hours per day, average. So, before, before 1900, before 1850, somewhere around there, we'll just say, early 1800s and before, before the Industrial Revolution, most people only worked two or three hours per day, or about 15 hours per week, one five, 15 hours per week, right? So people were farmers, for example. Well, they, they might maybe at some days, some times in the year, they had to work more than that, right? When they're planting, they probably were working some long days, and when they're harvesting, when they're getting the plants uh, uh, for food, then probably working a lot. But then, of course, other times, like in the winter, they did zero work, not not much, (laughs) because there was no farming during the winter, so they just relaxed and had lots of festivals, and that's kind of where early Christmas came from in Europe, and... So, but if you if you look at the overall average, people only were working like three hours a day. So they had so much time working for money, that is, right? Or working to survive, working for food, working for survival. Which means the rest of the day they had for their family, the rest of the day they had for enjoyment, they had for reading, they had for anything they wanted to do. So a three-hour work day, a 15-hour work week. That sounds about right to me. That's about what I do, <laughs> right? Now, I don't have to work for money now. So I, the work I choose to do, it's about that. Maybe a little less, actually. I probably work about two hours a day. But then with the Industrial Revolution and factories and then office jobs, we got this unnatural, right, this thing where these bosses, these big companies, they want us to work like machines, right? So the days, the working days became longer and longer and longer until they had this idea of eight hours every single day. And actually, it was longer than eight hours, right? until finally the unions and and the the workers were protesting and there's lots of fighting and they finally, you know, we've agreed on this idea of eight hours per day. But it's eight hours a day is a really a a lot of time to be working at a job, away from your home, away from your family, away from your children, your husband, your wife, away from your community. It's too long, in my opinion. Okay, then they asked the question, what is the purpose of work? And they gave a lot of answers about, you know, first is the, the obvious, make money. <laughs> and then they have other ones, a feeling of security, tradition, enjoyment, duty, service, contribution, learning, success, personal growth, challenge. And then they mentioned that... All those other reasons, you, you don't need money. You can do work without, you can, you can get all of these benefits of work without earning money, except for the money one, the first one, earning money, right? That's what a job gives you. But all the other ones you can do for, by volunteering, you can do, uh, you don't need a salary. Right, you can do work for contribution, for tradition, for learning, even if you don't get paid, you can still do work, you know, and for enjoyment and for creativity. So basically what they're arguing here is that we need to separate. They're saying you need to separate in your mind the idea of making money and doing work, that they're actually separate. They're separate ideas. There's making money and in your life, you, you will do things just for making money. But then you also have your work, the work that you enjoy, the work that's important in your life. That might include, you know, like raising your children. That might include um, maybe you're an artist or you want to be an artist and you're making art. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you enjoy making furniture. Maybe you enjoy teaching. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But that you should separate these ideas because it's very possible in life that the work you love, the work that's important to you, maybe you can't make much money from it, right? This Most artists have this problem. 
most people who are artists or want to be artists, the problem is most artists don't make much money. A few do, but most don't. And so what they are suggesting is, so what? It doesn't matter. Just you need to s- separate the idea of your art and the, the work of your art is not for money. You're not doing it for money. You're doing it for love and creativity and many other reasons. And for money, just do something else. Do something else to make money. You know, whatever you do for money, it's just for making money. It's just for your, you know, uh, becoming financially free. So maybe get a job and do computer programming or something else for money. But then in the rest of your time, do your art, do your music, take care of your kids, do whatever the other work is that you really want to do that's meaningful for you. And they also mentioned that, you know, you should honor, you should appreciate all the work that you do, that other people do, that is unpaid, that the most important work in life, you will not make money from it. It's unpaid. Raising your children, right, is unpaid. It's the most important thing you can do, your most important job. Uh, You know, like, uh, I don't know, if you have a house, fixing your house and... Probably it's, you don't get paid to do that, but it's important. You're taking care of it, right? Cooking for yourself, cooking for your family. It's unpaid, but it's important. It's more important. So there, don't just realize that actually a lot of the work you do in life, probably most of the best work you do in life, the most important work, you will not get money from it. Okay, and then they, finally, they talk about, so, in your mind, sometimes you should just work for money, right? So, since you're separating this, there's the work that is meaningful to you. Do that work. Do that work, even if you make no money. And then when you're trying to make money, you should try to make the most money you possibly can. Try to maximize your income, increase your income as much as you can. Because, of course, the goal is... that you become financially free. Once you achieve the goal, you don't have to work for money ever again. You're finished. But until then, you have to work for money. So make as much as you can, right? So they're saying, you know, choose work that will pay you a lot. Choose a, you know, paid work, paid work that will make a lot of money. So if you're going to go to college and spend all that money, Study something where you can make a lot of money. But if you there's also something that you love, also do that. So, for example, if you're an artist, do your art, but find something else to do that will make a lot of money also. Because then you can make a big income, you can become financially free, and then you can do art full time. So this is their idea. This is their strategy. I don't know my opinion about this, but it's their strategy. And then they just talk about, you know, learn how to do job searching. My business English class will help you with being good at job searching. So get that business English class. All right, that's it. That's chapter seven and eight. Again, fairly obvious stuff. There's a lot of repetition in this book. But it's good I, because, I, you know, I see there's so, many, there's so many weird emotions about money that people have about money that this repetition is necessary, I think. All right, let's go into our questions and comments now live now here is a superstar i'm going to put her on the comments right here her name is ron tron i save about 60 percent of my income hello from vietnam yes you rock that's fantastic 60 percent she's saving 60 percent now that is a good number over half of her income she is saving and then Hopefully later investing and very carefully. She is on the, we say fast track. She's like on the the fast road to financial freedom. I mean, with that rate, 60% of savings, saving 60% of income, that's really good. So she's going to become financially free uh, much faster. 
Much faster. Great, Ron. Uh, that's impressive. Very good. So that there you go. You can see it's it's possible. Now you see what's possible. You know, you'll see some books that say save ten percent of your income. Ten percent is nothing. Ten percent is nothing. Okay, you can save much more than ten percent. Sixty percent. That's much. That's it. Great. Okay, let's see. Now here's um, Monaga Wish says, I work 12 hours a day. Okay, now look, here's a good point about this. Sometimes, sometimes maybe you because you have a goal, right? You're cutting, 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 cutting your expenses. And your goal is to save, 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 save. Your goal is to become financially free. So maybe for a short time, you do work 12 hours a day. Maybe for, I don't know, a few years, you work extra. You work 12-hour days, especially if you're single. You got you don't have a lot, much else to do. You work, work, work like crazy for a few years. You save like crazy, and then you're financially free. That You, you don't have to do that. I didn't do that, but uh, it's certainly not a bad strategy. It's It's possible. If you can do it, why not? Gustavo says in Chile, it's nine hours per day. Hey, Fernanda, good to see you. Oh, looks like the memberships are working. Michael says, yesterday I became your supporter. Thank you so much. I had no problems with it. I'm glad to have such an opportunity. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I guess the YouTube memberships are working. If you want to support the show, you can get a YouTube membership. Thank you. That's nice. Appreciate it. Yeah, Powell. Powell. Kempisti says, instead of spending money on children, spend time with children. Amen. Perfectly said. Spend time with them. So much of it is about time. Oh, cool. Jermila says, I've decided to buy a notebook to have a possibility of watching your live show every day. I've already had it at home now, but no new one. Only used top quality. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, platform with a technical question and I, I don't know the answer. Plataforma23 asks, can we invest in a 401k? It's a kind of fund living outside America. I don't know. I, I really don't really, I don't have a 401k myself, so I don't, I don't really know anything about them. I mean, I know generally it's like a retirement thing, but uh, if someone else knows, you can put in the comments. Now, Boxa makes a good point. 10% is still better than spending all you earn or borrowing. That is right. That's a good point. It all it depends on where you are now. If you are losing money every month, you're going in debt, you have zero savings, well, then 10% savings is actually a great improvement. That's true. Just don't stop. Don't stop at 10. Keep going. Right? If you're at zero, that's okay, but get to 10. And then after you're saving 10%, push to 20 and then to 30, right? Just keep, you can, uh, the, the main thing, the reason I was talking about that comment, Ron's comment is that some people have in their mind, they have these limits. They think, oh, 20% is maximum, but 60 is possible, 70 is possible, 80% is possible. But yes, you're certainly right. 10% is better than 0%. <laughs> Start, so if you're starting at zero, maybe your first goal is to save 10% of your income every month. That's a very good point. You have this, you know, improving, 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 improving. 
Yeah, now like here's the worst situation, like Ozma says. If you work a lot of hours a day, but you don't have a lot of money. Like I work 11 hours and have little money. Yeah, see that sucks. That's no fun. To work a huge number of hours, but not getting a high income, that's terrible. So you have to find ways to increase your income, your hourly income. Ding, ding, ding. Sarah says, Sarah's been following the program of the book. She says, because I've written my expenses every day for one month, I have some money this month. Some extra money. Hey, hey, there you go. I took your advice, AJ. It's actually the book's advice. And that's great, Sarah. Fantastic. See, it works. Keep going. Keep going. Now, just save that money next month again. And that, will, that savings will start growing now. Okay, see, Sam says, Hater says, we're spending a lot of money, really, but we have to do that because everything needs money. Now, we don't have to spend a lot of money. Not at all. You can learn to have discipline and you can learn to spend very, very, very little. Look, look what Ron Tron's doing. You know, that's definitely possible. Okay, Anthony says, I spend most of my money in health, organic food, medicinal herbs, plants, juicers, because I consider this the most important part of my life. I have to heal. Yeah, and see, that's probably a good decision because it is super important. Health is very important. It's more important than, you know, having a nice house. It's more important than having a nice car. It's more important than having nice clothes. Your health. And if you have health problems, it sounds like Anthony might have some health problems. So this is probably, this is a good investment for Anthony. Spending money on healthy food, herbs, juicers, all that sounds great. And still, he's probably saving money because going to doctors and hospitals would be more money. <laughs> it's much more expensive, right? Than that's what people don't realize. They they think short term and oh, organic food's expensive or a juicer is expensive. But if you think long term, it's it's cheaper. <laughs> it's a better investment. Yusuf says YouTube memberships don't work in some countries. Yeah, I've heard that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If you want, you know, if you can support the channel and you want to, that would be nice. Thank you. Oh, this is cool. Giordano Vanini says, I'm becoming more thrifty thanks to your shows. It's sad that most folks have a big ego. They're always bragging about having a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. I'm not fixated on this. For me, it's enough a normal car. Yeah. I, you know, I know, now, you know, I do realize some people are like, you know, it's, it's kind of a hobby. It's they're really into cars or I don't know, you know, people are into different things, cameras. Maybe they kind of do photography, even as amateurs, but it's their hobby. So they might, they might spend money and get a really nice camera, like a Leica or something. Uh, so I understand that. That's fine. But, um, but then there are also people, like Giordano's saying, who do it more just to sh for ego, to try to show everybody else, look at me, look at me, look at me, I'm so rich. And, uh, you know, it's their money if they want to do that. Okay. But, uh, it's not, if you're financially free, 
you know, you can do that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter really. But uh, if you're not financially free, you're actually hurting yourself quite a lot, uh, foolishly spending money on things like that. So that's a big difference. If someone is financially free and they have huge amounts of extra money, you know, whatever. But uh, if you're not, you know, there are a lot of people who appear rich. They appear rich. Like normal people think they are rich. But in fact, they have a huge debt. They owe lots and lots and lots of money. They have really expensive cars and an expensive house. And in fact, they do not have much extra money. They have no savings at all or little savings. They have a lot of debt. They actually have a very stressful financial situation, even though they have nice things. That's not financial freedom. That's still financial slavery. It's just, you know, a higher level of slavery. Lisa says, if I had very little money, I didn't regret spending money on studying and courses. They were always good investments. I agree. Me too. Even when I was super poor and broke, I would spend money on books and, uh, you know, for me, it was like internet courses, things like that. I still would spend money on that because these things improve me. So we're still going to spend money, but you have to just be careful. That's all. That's what the book's saying. Be careful about what you spend money and make the decision carefully. Uh, what, what's the next book after Your Money or Your Life? I don't know. It will be a fiction book. You know, I'm alternating. Non-fiction, fiction, non-fiction, fiction. I just don't know which one. I'd like a happy book. You know, we've done Animal Farm, not happy. <laughs> we've done Brave New World, not happy. Alchemist was a good one. That was a happy one. So I would like one that's a little more happy, kind of like Ozma's suggesting. Something a little more that's going to make us feel good. I think we're all red-pilled now. We're red-pilled. We all know the ugly truth. So I think uh, something that will raise our morale and our good feeling and our confidence and our courage. So let's consider a fiction book that is inspiring and positive. Yeah, like Paulica says, here's with books. I'm always buying used books. Me too, recently. I, I'm now buying books for my children for homeschooling. It's a little early. They're still babies, but I'm just, I'm slowly trying to build a library of books uh, to use for homeschooling them. And I'm buying them used because I'm looking for, also because I'm looking for old books anyway. I don't like new books. So I'm looking for very old books, like uh, 100 years old. Um, so you can find good deals. I'm finding lots of good deals on used books. And like Paulica says, sometimes you can buy them really cheaply instead of paying tons of money. Exactly. And the old ones, you can get them. They're really nice. Like they've got the nice covers and they're hard cover. They're the higher quality even. Giordano, Giordano again says, uh, would you recommend earning money through YouTube? No, not really. Uh, most people are inspired by YouTubers like PewDiePie who earns millions of cash. Do you think it gets you nowhere? Yeah, well, first of all, PewDiePie is one in a million, you know. <laughs> uh, even PewDiePie's starting to look at other places he, because YouTube is, has been messing with him. They don't like him. Uh, YouTube's, you cannot rely on YouTube. You can't trust YouTube to build a business. So, no. You, you can... If you want to make money, you can have a YouTube channel, but make money somewhere else. Okay, I'm doing YouTube. The, the, the YouTube memberships I'm doing, it's just a little extra money to support the show. That's all. It's not my main business. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's why I'm not really pushing it hard or anything. Right? The main business is EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Our lessons, our courses. So if you are trying to build a business, no, don't. Don't depend on YouTube for your money. That it's insane. It's crazy. Because then YouTube can cut you anytime. They're doing it all the time now. Just deleting channels, cutting channels. Your whole business will be gone if, if you try to build a business with them. Don't You can't trust them. So no. 
build your own website. If you want to do e-commerce, if you're wanting to do online business and online business, that's fine, but you need your own website, okay? You need to have your own website. You have to own your own, you know, whatever.com, right? It should be yours. You can use YouTube to promote it. You can use Twitter. You can use Facebook. You can use Gab. You can use all these other ones to promote your business, but don't build your business on those websites. So you see the difference, I hope, right? You need to have your own website. That's my best advice if you want to do an internet business. You must have your own website. Sell your own things on your own website. Uh, here's a quick English question. Are audiobooks more powerful than movies to improve your listening and speaking? In general, yes. If you had to choose, which would you use? Audiobooks are, you get a lot more English in a short time. Audiobooks probably are the best, number one. The, the main benefit of TV and movies is the, the, the type of English is more casual and conversational usually. So you're going to get more idioms and slang and a kind of natural conversational way of speaking from movies and TV. But in terms of vocabulary and just the amount of English improvement, audiobooks are probably number one. Ah, Forrest Gump. Jamila says, I recommend Forrest Gump. Oh, it's a book. Maybe the book, uh, as I mentioned, Jeremy, I'm not going to do Forrest Gump the movie because Tom Hanks has a very weird accent in that movie. It's not a, I don't know what, I think he's trying to do Southern accent, but it's not a real Southern accent. So it's, it's too weird for our learning English. Uh, but maybe the book, I'll look into it. Okay. Ah, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It's not fiction, but it, it's, it might be worth doing that, Resolva, because that would be an uplifting, positive book. Yeah, maybe we'll break the rule. We'll do something nonfiction, but we're just, our next book will be something positive and powerful like this. That's a good suggestion. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Impressive man. Nura says, if I fail an English exam, should I stop learning English? Do you really need to ask that question? You know my answer already, don't you? First of all, my answer is quit your class. Start learning English by yourself. Why are you taking exams anyway? You don't need those exams. Forget the exams. Just learn English. Ignore the exams. Yeah, like Funda says, what is rich? You know, so her definition is to be financially free so you can live normally. Right. That's the book. That's the definition of this book that we're doing now. Financial freedom. What does that mean? Let's just remember what it means. It doesn't mean millionaire. It doesn't mean billionaire. It doesn't mean super expensive cars or jewelry. What does it mean according to the writers of this book? What is financial freedom? within this book it means you don't have to work for money you're finished working for money you know you can quote you can retire <laughs> right you're done working for money you have enough savings and investments to live the rest of your life without work if you wanted to your choice if you wanted to you could sit on a beach every day and drink pina coladas <laughs> right that would probably get boring but you could if you wanted to right so that's what financial freedom means that's all it means in this book 
That's all we're talking about, is that you don't need to work for money. So if you have a very, very simple life, then you can probably achieve, you can probably get financial freedom faster, sooner, because you don't need much. If you like to live a more comfortable life, we'll say, and you like to have nicer things and you spend more, uh, then you'll need a higher income. You'll need more savings. You'll need more investments, right? It might, maybe it will take you longer to become financially free. So that's all. That's all it is. And you decide. Who decides? You decide. You decide. Do you want to live in a one tiny one-room apartment? Or do you want to live in a, a house with five bedrooms? It's your choice. But, of course, the bigger house costs more money, which means you will need longer to become financially free. So the advantage, I, you know, what... The, the writers of the book, the authors are saying, and I agree with them, is that being financially free is better than having a lot of expensive stuff. It's better. It's better than having a big house. It's better than having uh, expensive cars. Why is it better? Because you have your time. When you're financially free, you have all your time every day. You can do anything you want. You don't have to go to work. No job. You have no boss telling you what to do. You, you, every day is a vacation. You don't need to take a vacation. If you're sick, you just lay in bed. You don't have to call anybody and, oh, can I, I can't come to work today. If you want to travel, you just travel. You do anything you want to do. You're living your life. You want to spend all day with your children, you spend all day with your children. And so... Their argument, and I agree with it, is that having your time, having that time every day, all your time again, you don't have to work anymore. No more job. You're done. You're finished with jobs. You will never have a job again. That's better than having big, expensive stuff for most people. I agree. I agree. I think they're right about that. Antonio says, in Italy, it's raining and raining and raining. Well, that sucks. It's, the weather here in Japan has been amazing. Sunny and warm. It's, we've had a great uh, autumn, great fall. Really nice. Ahmad says, uh, living in Japan, does it cost less than living in America? How do you control your expenses? It depends because, you know, it's hard to say America because America is so big. So it depends which part of America. Japan is cheaper than San Francisco, yes. Osa you know, Osaka, where I live, is much cheaper than San Francisco. San Francisco and California are very, very expensive in the United States. New York is very expensive. But some other places in America, like in the middle of the country, are are not so expensive. So so America it just it really depends where you are, which each state, each each area, uh you know, the, the the cost of living can be very different. Oh, Zaina says uh, financial freedom is means you don't work for money. But how do you earn money? Ah, because you need money to right. So it means you. That's the next chapters. Or that's we're going to talk about this. So right. How, so how do you live? When when once you become financially free, you achieve it. You did it. Yay! How do you live? Well, it means you have investments. You have investments. Let's say, I don't know, stocks. You have stocks, and the stocks pay you three percent every month average 
Well, so you live from that. You're living from your investments now. It's not a job. You don't need to work. You don't need to do anything. You just sit there and every month money is added to your bank account. That's financial freedom. Maybe it's not stocks. Maybe you have real estate. You know, you have, you own an apartment building and people give you rent every month. So every month you get those checks. You might even have to do a little bit of work, but not really. You could pay a management company. They take care of all the details of, you know, fixing things. And every month you get the checks. You're not working a job anymore. That's financial freedom. So you still have money, right? That doesn't mean you're broke. It's the opposite of that. You still have money, but your money comes from, you know, people say passive income, right? That's what it is. You have, when you are financially free, you have passive income. Money is coming from your savings and from your investments automatically. You don't need to work anymore. You don't need a job anymore. So that's what it means. That's where it comes from. The next few chapters, we'll talk about this with, in more details about this. Okay, another book club for our next book. Slavika recommends The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. Okay, I don't know about this book, so I'll check it out. Thank you. Oh, The Hobbit. Now, see, that's a nice idea. The Hobbit. Ah, one of my favorites, Tolkien. Hmm, Paulika, good suggestion. That just jump to the top of the list. <laughs> I like it. The Hobbit. The Hobbit's pretty easy, too. Lord of the Rings, the other three books are a little more difficult. But The Hobbit's not bad, if I remember. I'll have to check it. Yeah, like Ibrahim Ali is giving a good definition. He says, Financial freedom for me means to have the time to do whatever you want and the freedom to choose what you want to do without working for other people. Ding, ding, ding. The last part is very important. Without working for other people. It means you don't have a job. You don't need a job anymore. That's the key. You don't need to work for other people. You don't have a job anymore. That's what financial freedom means. Maybe you do a little work. You, you know, if you have investments, are, are they totally passive? It means you ignore them forever. Of course not. But you probably two hours a day, probably less. You have to check your investments sometimes. Maybe you change your investments a little bit. Um, you know, you might have to do a little bit of work, but it's more like two hours a day or less. And you're not working for someone else. And you decide your own schedule for that. Let's see. Giordano says, do you recommend someone move to the USA? No. Here in Germany, too many foreigners depend on welfare. Yes, but in America also. They'd rather take money and food instead of working. Same problem in America. That's why Germany and America will have some probably huge problems coming very soon. Probably a lot of violence coming to Germany and America. Much of Europe. And, you're, and certainly the United States. I would not... No. Don't go to America, guys. It's bad things coming. Uh, do they have the same system in Japan? There's no. They don't give welfare to foreigners so easily here. <laughs> and they don't allow... You know, to be a... To live here as a foreigner, you have to have... Uh, it's much harder. I'm married to a Japanese person. That's why I can be here. But they are much tougher about that. Which is good. Good for them. They should. They should be. Uh, Ladiva asks, what's your opinion about Ukraine? I've never been to the Ukraine, so I, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> I don't know much about Ukraine. I know a little about very old 
um, well, really before Ukraine, like the Rus, you know, the Viking Rus who settled kind of initially Kiev. Uh, you know, this is back in the Byzantine Empire days. I know a little about that history, but I don't really know much about modern um, Ukraine. Sorry. Okay, Jermail again saying that the book of um, Forrest Gump is really great. So I'll have to check that out, uh, Jermail. Thank you. Nazia says, uh, money's not everything. People give you respect for these papers. Ah, no, they don't. Um, again, don't worry about, like they said in the chapter, that's a terrible reason to try to make money is get respect from other people. People don't respect money. They, they, they want it. They'll use you, but they respect other qualities. Eh. And who cares anyway? <laughs> who cares what other people think? It doesn't matter. Have I visited India? Yes, I have. Ashok. Yeah, I see Cleefy. This is my feeling too, Cleefy. When I see the life of my friends who are employees, I thank God for the right choice to have an independent work. Me too. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. Okay, a couple more and then time to go. Let's see if I missed any questions. It's a little hard sometimes. There's lots of people asking questions. Uh, Yvonne's asking, um, do you have any books to read about leadership? Um, mm, yeah, I know a few. I have to think of it, like which one I would recommend first. Ah, that's interesting. What are the benefits? Uh, Mashuk Hussein says, What are the benefits of being silent? I've heard it increases your memory. I don't, I don't, I didn't know that. I think it, uh, I did a 10 day meditation retreat one time. It was silent, no talking. And I just, I found it helps, you know, kind of quiet your mind, as you can guess. So that I found that was very peaceful, being silent for 10 days. But about memory, I'm not. I didn't know that. But I'm not. I guess I'm not surprised. But that's interesting. Interesting. Ah, the Godfather book is great, but not so light. Not light, but it's very interesting. And the movies are really good too. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Robinson Caruso, Abraham is suggesting as a book. Mm -hmm. People are now asking me about, have I been in Turkey? Yes, I've just Istanbul. El Salvador, I have not been to. <laughs> have to do a show about travel someday, I guess. Yeah, no, see, this is a nice attitude. Small Lucy, Big Lucy says, I'm grateful about having money, even a small amount. And I think that having that great, great, grateful 
uh, mindset is very nice because it's the opposite of being stressed. It's the opposite of being afraid when you're grateful for whatever you do have and you learn to appreciate even small things and small amounts. It's very nice. I think that is uh, a wise choice. Okay, I think we're about done. The Count of Monte Cristo. You guys are recommending some great books. Also great. Also not light. <laughs> but a good one. All right, I think that's it. Okay, guys, this is good. Tomorrow, we're doing a movie club. So remember that the movie club is done on Twitch, right? It's on Twitch, not on YouTube. So we'll do our movie club. We're continuing with Jerry Maguire. Tomorrow we will do the scene where Jerry gets fired. So I think that'll be the first scene where he has uh, uh, a lunch meeting and he gets fired. And then after that is the kind of famous show me the money scene. I'm not sure if we'll have time to do both. We'll at least do the fired scene. We might have time. There's a huge amount of talking, fast talking in the second scene. After he gets fired, he goes back to his uh, office and then he's trying to sell, sell, sell. He's trying to keep his clients and he mostly fails. <laughs> but um, but he's talking fast, 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 lots of sales, lots of persuasion. It's a very interesting scene. And the end of that scene has the very famous line from this movie, show me the money, show me the money, show me the money. So we'll see. Maybe we will do that tomorrow. So Twitch TV, when do I start? Just follow me on Gab, guys. You got to follow me on Gab. That's where I announce. It's about the same time every day, but not exact specific time so follow me on gab i announce it i say i'm going live now on twitch and i have a link so join if you want to join live you can tomorrow jerry mcguire jerry mcguire of course vip members you will eventually when we finish you will get the recordings of those movie lessons for free for just for vip members only everyone else you'll be you still can buy you'll still be can buy you will be able to trying to use simpler grammar you will be able to buy <laughs> uh the recordings when we finish all right that's all that's all up to you spend less money make more money become financially free i'll see you tomorrow <laughs>